morning church family it is once a privilege to stand before you and share from the word of god um, we really thank god for the these past few days and all the blessings that we have received from him especially the rains that came just at the right time when everybody was crying and thinking hey what was going to happen with the water situation and there the lord at his right time he brought us the blessings we are really so thankful to him we are also thankful to god uh, with rains also come these viruses of the uh, flus and sinus our brother lorato was here this morning but the the sinus became so heavy on him that he apologized that he had to go back home and catch a sleep so we thank god for this change of seasons it means our god is so truthful he is in control and he makes sure that uh, uh, things happen as per their right time. Amen. Uh, this morning, let us share from the word of God from Luke chapter 23, from verse 44 to 46, with our special emphasis being verse uh, 46. If you are there, I will read from my NIV, uh, uh, New International Version that I have with me here. It was now about the sixth hour, and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. For the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for the beautiful words that Christ spoke on the cross. He spoke them for our attention that we might learn from them. We thank you, God, because you have exalted your word. You have exalted your name. And for this reason, Lord, help us as we listen from the inspired words that you gave us, these ancient words that we might benefit from them. We pray, Lord, that you might reach out to every individual who is here and help us, O oh God, and as we trust that your word, just like seed, it will bear fruit in our lives. For we have prayed this in Jesus' name, O oh Lord. Amen. This morning, we are going to talk on the subject of Christ's contentment on the cross, or it is also referred to as the word of contentment, word of consummation. This we are basing on the scripture 46, which says, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. This comes as the last saying of our Lord Jesus Christ before he gave up his spirit. Three times he spoke to God. And when we analyze the three times that our Lord Jesus Christ spoke to God while hanging on the cross, they were all prayers. The first, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. You remember that scripture? This was Christ's prayer for these enemies. It was a prayer. 
And the last time we spoke about Christ being in anguish when he called out to his father, but this time he addressed his father as God. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That was the second time he addressed God. And the third time he's addressing God, he's addressing God now, but he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. The other twi twice he spoke uh, when he addressed man. Remember when he said, today I will be with you in paradise. He was addressing the robber that was hanging next to him after the confession of faith by one of the robbers. And the second time he was addressing men, he was speaking to his mother. When he said, mother, your son, and son, your mother. Twice, Jesus also speaks to himself. Remember when he says, I thirst, as we looked at that the last time I stood here, and the first time I spoke, he had said, it is finished. So we can see Christ spoke seven times while hanging on the cross. To those who want to study a bit more, you might know what the number seven stands for. Normally it is looking at completeness and whatever. So you can check on that one. So Christ spoke seven times whilst he was hanging on the cross. Now, our scripture, which is our basis this morning, is the final saying which Christ speaks when he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. What are the observations Observations we can make out of that scripture, verse 46? When you observe the passage that we read about, we know it was pitch dark because the sun had stopped shining. And we emphasized it last time that the sun stopped shining for a complete three hours. And we rejected the thinking that it could have been a, an eclipse. We said the Lord, the Lord stopped shining of the sun for three hours showing that our Lord is in control of the universe. He is God Almighty. We observe again from what we've read here that the curtain in the temple was torn. It's written there. And then we also know that Jesus had been silent for three hours. He hadn't spoken for three hours. And now he's speaking. Uh, finally, when he speaks here, look at verse 46, when he speaks here, as written in the Bible. Verse 46, as written here, uh, it shows that Jesus called out with a loud voice. You must get interested in the, in, in, in the way Luke, Dr. Luke is writing there. You get interested in the way he, he cites it because it means something. He, he, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. So, Jesus is calling with a very loud voice. It's an observation there. And look, he's calling to his father. But prior to that, when he was in anguish, when he was crying, he had said to his father, my God, my God. Remember we spoke about it. Now he has changed. He's now saying, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And we also can observe that he is looking at God as God having hands. In other words, 
Jesus is using words that we are comfortable with, that help us to uh, 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 imagine uh, the love and the goodness of the Lord. He says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Here we see Christ expressing contentment. He is happy. We are talking about Christ's contentment on the cross. He is happy over what he has accomplished. It is finished. He had saved it. And now he finds rest in committing his spirit into God's great hands, those hands of goodness, those hands of care. He wants us to see when he says, I'm commit, he commits his spirit into God's hands. Now, point number one that I want you to look at with me is Christ as God-man or as man, Christ is a man of prayer. We come back again to that scripture, that emphasis that we have made before, that Christ was a man of prayer. Why do we say this? He had started his ministry in prayer and is bowing out in prayer. He had a wonderful communion with his father. Three times on the cross, Christ is praying. Here we see when he addressed to the father. The father is so close to him. Here are the people tormenting Christ. He's looking at them. The soldiers who are mocking, who are tormenting him, we have been given express right to go and do and torture and exert pain on Christ. It has been legalized. They are doing their best to, they, they, they are showing off their best in terms of torturing a person. And the other people are there mocking. They say, he is the one who used to say to, to do miracles to others. Let God help him. Let him come down there. People are tormenting him. They are mocking. Of course, there's a small church crowd that is standing afar and looking and uh, uh, led by Mary, mother John is also there. They are looking at a, at a distance as to the, 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 the experiences Christ was going through. What we find is in the midst of all that pain, Christ is in communion with his father. So we see Christ as a praying man. Here is a deep prayer, also intended for the public. This is a, a public prayer, because scripture tells us nicely that he cried aloud. It must ring bells to you. That why would he cry aloud? He has been silent for three hours. Why would he call out so loudly? He cried aloud. This is in sharp contrast with the prayer of Hannah. Those who have read a bit about the Bible, you know of uh, Hannah when he prayed for a son. 1 Samuel 1, verse 16. It is written that in her great anguish and grief, her lips moved. Hannah's lips were moving. And no words coming out of her. Until Eli, the prophet, he says, what's going on? What's going on? Are you drunk? But she says, no. I have got a grieving spirit. She prayed a silent prayer. This is in sharp contrast to the prayer Christ is praying now as he hangs on the cross. It is described as a loud prayer. It's, it's a loud voice. Why would Christ pray so loudly? I am sure 
it was meant for also the public that were there, the people who were mocking Christ, those who were observing, those who were looking at him, the soldiers who were there, to hear that prayer. And perhaps it was also for you and me, so that we can hear what the Lord went through and what he meant. As son of man, Jesus lived by prayer. This is what he said in the book of Hebrews, chapter 5, verse 7. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. In other words, Christ is setting out the perfect example for us to be people who also live by prayer. Christ lived by prayer. He lived a life of prayer. And how is a prayer life today? We must learn. Here is Christ in such terrible torture, in such terrible conditions. No one really could help him there. Although he could walk from the cross, yet he wanted to. But because the mission needed to be accomplished, and there we find Christ praying. This teaches us that we must be close to God in prayer. Point number two that we learn here is even in death, Christ teaches us to address God as Father. Here is Christ in death, but still refers and thinks uh, about God as his Father. He is dying, and he addresses God as his Father. Father is a title that invokes a feeling of joy, comfort, protection, and love. The Father is a relationship builder. If you have got a father in the home, there is joy, there is comfort, there is security to know that there is someone who is there who loves us. Christ is back in fellowship with the Father. Remember when he had prayed and said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We described that that was a straining of relationship. It was a straining of fellowship as Christ was taking sin upon himself. He was in such a situation where there was now a, a darkness in fellowship because God is perfect. God hates sin. The wrath of God as it descended on Christ meant that the fellowship of Christ and his father was strained because Christ had become, he had taken our sin. Though he was perfect, though he was sinless, at this moment in time, he had taken our sin. And for that reason, he cries and says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Christ, who knew no sin, he had become sin on our behalf. But what we thank God for, here is a restoration of fellowship. This fellowship, this strain, has now been restored. Hence, he could now, once again, address God as his father. You see how God has restored that relationship. It's restored. And he says, oh, that is in me. I surrender to you, my father. He is back to acknowledge the ultimate source of his strength. It's a privilege to address God as father. Christ, in his teaching, cross-cutting teaching, brought God the Father, close to us. He brought God close to us. That now he could teach us that when you pray, say, 
our Father. And he led that by example. Christ led by example as he addressed God as his Father. You see, we have a faith that is so different from other kinds of faith. Where we have a relationship with our God and we can address our God as Father. This is what Christ taught us. Look at the prayer of Christ in John 17. He's continuously addressing God as his Father. And he's teaching us. He's taught us that when you pray, say, Our Father. What a wonderful teaching that we have. And Christ sticks to that teaching. On the cross, even in death, he's still addressing God as Father. Christ is Father, is our Father. We are taught of Christ to be in constant fellowship with God, our Father. And as we have said, a Father is somebody who's close. A father is somebody whom you love. And Christ came down to the nitty-gritties of human relationships and he exemplified the relationship that must exist between you and God as a father-son, father-daughter relationship. That's how Christ brought it down to us to appreciate. So whenever you think of God in human terms, the best that you can imagine is your relationship with your father. How is your relationship with your father? If your relationship with your father is strained, definitely you do not enjoy life. The same thing, the way you would like your relationship with your father to be restored is the same way your relationship with God must be. Christ recognized the authority and will of his father. As son, he submitted to the will of his father. The plan of salvation had now uh, it, it to be endured despite uh, uh, its shame. And the plan of salvation meant that Christ's will had to be put aside. Remember when he prayed and he said, not my will, but yours be done. What was Christ's will? Perhaps because he was man just like us, when he saw the pain that was ahead, he even prayed and he said, if it is possible, let this cup pass away. You could also see how painful it was going to be. But yet, not my will, but yours be done. As a son, he was very yielding to his father's will. This is what we learn from Christ. He positioned himself just at the right place. He treated his father as father and he bent his will to satisfy the father's will. This is what we learn from Christ in point number two as he, hung, as he was hanging on the cross. Number three, there is a place of eternal security. There is a place where we are safe and secure. That is in God's hands. That's when he prays, he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. So there is a place where we are eternally secure. There is a place where we are at rest, where we, where we, we are safe. Christ had suffered at the hands of man. He had said this beforehand. He had said it in Matthew 17 verse 22. The son of man shall be betrayed into the hands of men and they shall kill him. This is what exactly, for over 12 hours Christ was in the hands of men. He was in the hands of Judas. He was in the hands of the guards. He was in the hands of the priests. He was in the hands of Pilate. He was in the hands of Roman soldiers. And in the hands of 
the mockers as they tortured and administered that torture on Christ. So you, could, you can see for over 12 hours, Christ was suffering in the hands of men. Never again will he be in the hands of men, not to suffer shame, but he now commits himself into the hands of the Father, a place of eternal security, a place where he is secured, the place where we are at rest, the place where God is in control, God's hands. It's not one hand here. It's double hands. One hand has limitations, but he's talking of you are in safe and secured in God's hands. This gives us our great hope of our destiny. I want you to realize this. Christians have this great hope to be with the Lord when one day we leave this earthly home. This is our great hope, and I've also emphasized it. This is what makes our faith a brilliant faith. It is a faith which is full of hope. We are currently mourning one of the greatest radio producers, uh, broadcaster, uh, journalist. Uh, his name is Mr. X. To those who follow, he was so good. And most of the times when you would listen to him, he would talk in such a way that he would build up relationships. But one thing I think more and more, he was more of a humanitarian. I don't know how much you emphasized about our hope in Christ. He would talk about uh, facing life, being grateful about life. But this is where we are a cut above the rest. We as Christians, our hope is in Christ. We have a future home. We have a home that one day we look forward to. And that home really exists. Why I say so? Twice on the cross, Christ gave us this hope. He gives us this hope. Twice on the cross, what did he say to the robber? What did he say to that thief who was hanging next to him? He said, today I will be with you in paradise. And now, what is he saying now? He says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. I'm coming, Lord. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. This is what we believe as Christians. We believe that when we die in Christ, we go to meet with our God. And Christ said this. He said this. Uh, you know Peter, the wonderful apostle Peter, he says to Christ, Lord, where are you going? This is John 13, verse 13. Where are you going? And Christ responds to him and he says, Where I am going, you cannot follow now. But you will follow later. So Christ was going to go there first, but he, was, he promised Peter that and the other disciples that they would follow later. And this brings now John 14, after this discussion, John 14 starts, and John 14 the first one, two, this is they are telling you about Christ preparing a place for the believers and verse 2 I'm going there to prepare you a place for you so that where I am, you may be also, so this is our greatest hope as Christians we hope in heaven in a place that we will go to 
when we leave this earth, here we are here for temporal. This is what we believe as Christians. And Christ exemplifies this teaching that there's a place of eternal security in God's hands to those who believe, to those who die in the faith. We go to meet our Lord. We go to be with Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ because it is far better than anything else. This is why Paul writes that to be with the Lord is far better than to be here. This is what Apostle uh, Paul writes. So, twice on the cross, Christ assures believers that there's a place of eternal security. There's a place where we will be with the Lord. Where we will be safe in God's hands. Look at it. It's not one hand, but in God's hands. A place of safety. A place of, of uh, 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 eternal where we are eternally secured. Our point number four, we also learn when Christ says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Christ is a willing, sacrificial offering for us. He has been a willing sacrifice, not forced. Not forced. Christ was never forced. If he wanted, he could have called 10,000 angels and he could have left that cross if he wanted. But Christ humbly observed his father's will so that you and me, he could purchase us with his blood. He bore our sins on the cross and suffered the outpour uh, God's wrath on our behalf. He then chose to dismiss his spirit to the father voluntarily. It wasn't that Christ uh, was, uh, was being murdered and out of control. He voluntarily chose to dismiss his spirit. The idea of committing into your hands I commit, the idea of commending, the idea of surrendering, or the idea of delivery shows him being a master and in control of his destiny. This is our Lord Jesus Christ who is now knowing that everything has been accomplished. Everything has been accomplished to the later. He then chooses to dismiss, to deliver, to surrender his spirit into the Lord's hands. He had finished the assignment as directed of the Father. John 10, 17 to 18, it shows us that the reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. This is Christ speaking. Christ was making peace through his blood that he was shedding on the cross. When that had been accomplished, he voluntarily dismisses his spirit. He voluntarily commits his spirit into the Lord. So this is what we must take note of. He is a willing sacrifice. Christ came just at the right time and he became a willing sacrifice on our behalf. The last point I want to make, point number five, is that Christ dies reciting scripture. He's a man of scripture. Christ has proved to us that 
He is a man of scripture. Remember, Christ, as we number the years, today is 2019. Roughly, we are numbering our years after the first coming of Christ and walking on earth. But before Christ came, he had inspired the word that came, that went before him, as written by the prophets, as written by Moses in the books, as written uh, uh, in, 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 in the books of the judges and the kings. So Christ knew scriptures very well. He read the scriptures. Last time I stood here, we opened a scripture where Christ opened from the book of Isaiah and read a portion of scripture and then closed and told the people who were listening that that scripture had been fulfilled in him. So what are we saying? We are saying that our Lord Jesus Christ lived by scripture. He recited scripture. And in his last words, he is quoting scripture. In his final moments, in the heat and torment of men and Satan, Christ was in communion with God. He remembers and quotes scripture, Psalms 31 verse 5. Into your hands I commit my spirit. This is what Psalms 31 verse 5 is written. If you read it from the first verse and going down to verse 5, you will see that Christ is talking about Christ. So Christ quotes that scriptures as well. There was no panicking here about Christ. But armed with solid faith, he faced death. Armed with solid faith, he faced death. Death here was a transition to be with the Father. This is what we are learning from Christ. And let me sum it up and round it up by asking you, how can you and me respond to such love? We can only respond to such love by, number one, let us learn to pray in all circumstances. Our Lord, he led us by example. Christ was a praying warrior. He led by example. When he hung on the cross, with the hands immobilized, with the legs immobilized, but the mouth was not shut up. The mouth could offer the prayers. So, you see how we can learn from our Lord. In those terrible moments, when you think you cannot do anything. One thing that you can do for this church, one thing that you can do for, this, for, for our pastor, one thing that you can do for our programs is to pray. One thing that you can do for our community outreach programs is to pray. When we mention, when we are, when we are taught about mission activities in Russia, the mission activities in, 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 in Asia, there about, one thing that you can do is to pray. And this, I am sure, let us learn from our Lord Jesus Christ. When everything was taken away from him, but his prayers were not taken away from him. So you can pray. Number two, Christ's Father is our Father. When you daily pray and call God Father, do you really mean it? When you daily pray and you are offering your prayer, think about it seriously. What does it mean to you to address God as Father? Are you yielding to the Father's will? This is what we find in Christ. Christ yielded to the Father's will. And hence, when he said Father, it really was of full impact. Number three, 
Christ is our hope of glory. We look forward to one day when after the toils and struggles here on earth are over, we will rest in God's hands, a place of eternal security. This is what we believe as Christians. And for one thing, can this motivate you to continue in Christ? Let this motivate you. We have examples in this church that have gone before us, whom we can look forward to and say they died and kept their faith. We believe they are in the safe hands of the Lord. Will you also join them? This is a challenge to you. Do not go back. Do not. When you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, the Lord has shown us by example in his darkest moments. He remembered his father. He had communion with his father and he trusted his father. And for this reason, we believe as Christians, he was showing us the example. So Peter asked him correctly, where I'm going, you cannot follow now. But sometime later, you will come, you will follow me. So we believe sometime later, when we follow, because of our faith, we will be in the safe hands of God. So as a Christian, let this motivate your faith. Let this make you stronger day by day. And finally, all that happened on the cross was according to the scriptures. Commit yourself to love the scriptures. All that happened there, we see Christ fulfilling the scriptures. It means the scriptures might be, must be part, part of you. I don't know how we can emphasize this point. You must love the scriptures. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the beautiful word that you said as the last word before you bowed out. When you said, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Thank you, God, for the powerful words that you spoke. Help us as we meditate and think on these words. Help them. Help us, O oh God, that these words might shape our faith, that might make us stronger in you, that we may, O oh God, continue on a real, authentic worship when we worship you in spirit and in truth. We are so grateful for this word. In Jesus' name, amen.